0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I want to thank you on today. This is our show. This is our podcast. It is also your show and also your podcast on this great morning in February. This is our first broadcast podcast for the month of February. And I want to thank you for tuning us in on today. Welcome to our podcast, Crossroads, where our symbols are interstate markings of the interstate, specifically Interstate 40 and Interstate 55, where North and South meets East and West, where coming together is the epicenter. And it is the center point. It is called Crossroads. It is where we discuss contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women in business and industry, religion and education, politics and government, community development, public safety, health and wellness issues, and all issues that are a major concern to us as individuals, as groups, and as a nation. I want to thank you for tuning us in on today. You are very important to us, and you are our greatest asset. I want to thank you for joining L John and Mr. Pym. R W Y, thank you. Your call is very important to us. We want to thank you again on today. We have been discussing many uh, topics in the past, dealing with politics, health and wellness, and other issues. Today, we're going to look into the Black experience as we observe, as we celebrate, and as we commemorate Black History Month, which is set aside each and every year during the month of February. Our topic that we're going to explore is From Africa to America, the Black Experience. I don't have to tell you and i believe that all of us know that we do have a rich history before america and now in america one of the problems that we have is what do we do with those that are called former slaves. We all know if we're going to use from a historical standpoint, uh, the year of 1619, uh, when uh, slaves were brought to the state of Virginia, 20 plus slaves, African slaves, And from that beginning, we have grown to millions and millions of Africans in America. What do we do with who we are? Well, for one thing, we are so very distinguishable. Other races and creeds and nationalities can blend in and become a part of this indigenous society in which we live Skin color makes us very readily identifiable and if we if it's based upon skin color as far as rights and privileges are concerned, uh, then we can easily be denied. Other cultures, if you're from Irish and you have a a particular name, you can drop part of your, your name and become just plain American. Uh, if you're polish you can change your name and become mainstream american if you're from other european nations in which the name is readily identifiable you can easily change your name or adopt a new name but not so as it relates to us Our skin color and skin tone, skin hue makes us readily identifiable. And as a result, we can easily be discriminated against when it comes to rights and privileges to living the American dream. And so when we first came we were known as Africans. Our name has changed so much. We have become so many things to so many people from 1619. We have been Africans, we've been slaves, we've been Negroes, we've been colored, we've been African-Americans, we have been Afro-Americans, And now we're identified and called Black. And so we have gone through a transition of identity from Africa to America. But through it all, we have learned how to adapt, to overcome, and to achieve. And from those 20-plus slaves, We have grown to millions and millions and millions, not only in what we call the United States of America, but adding to the other islands and regions where many of our relatives are still there. And unfortunately, because of the disconnect, we don't know, many of us, where our ancestors are at this time. Some of us are able to trace back to several generations, but for the most part, due to the selling of of slaves and the separation of our family units and the lack of communication, which was by design, many of us have relatives and family that we may be living in close proximity to and not even know it, because many times names were changed to that of the slave owners. We grew at one time from 1619 of 20 plus slaves during slavery to be at least one fifth of the American population. 20% of the population were slaves. It was a hard trip. It was a hard time. One sixth, as is estimated, one out of six of Africans who were brought to America died during the journey. They died from sickness. They died from disease. And many died from suicide, but over one-sixth of the population died during the journey from Africa. We were sold as merchandise. We were another commodity to be sold to the highest bidder. And at one time, our population was used as growers of rice and cotton and tobacco and sugar. Of course, you all know uh, that the slave codes forbid it us from being educated, being able to read or to write, to vote, to own property or to establish our own businesses. No voting, no property ownership, no freedom of travel, even for free blacks. And in our history, we understand that in 1864 that over four million slaves were freed through the Emancipation Proclamation. Dr. Cummins, are you on the line this morning? Dr. Kimmons, if you're on the line, I want you to check in on this morning. Thank you, each of you. Mr. Briefcase, I see you on the line. Thank you so very much for this podcast and for you all being my special guests on today. I don't have to tell you that we have been dealing with some unique problems that no other people in America have had to deal with from becoming a slave to becoming free. And I just want you to imagine on today the hardships that our four parents had to deal with. When many of them, by the millions, dreamed of a time when they would be free. And when they dreamed of a time, if they couldn't be free, that their children and their grandchildren and great-grandchildren would be free. And so that was their dream, their American dream, not so much of owning, not so much of inventing, not so much of being producers, and directors, of being actors and writers, of being teachers and lawyers and doctors, but just the yearning to be free, to have the desire to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And in my mind, I can just imagine if you will, and if you would just take a trip back with me, how in that moment of December 31st, 1863, how all of them, wherever they were, made their way to that old wooden church house, where we get our modern watch night meeting from, where they all gather together to come and to wait for the stroke of midnight when the Emancipation Proclamation Decree would go into effect. Can you imagine the Black experience of men and women who had yearned? We understand how it felt when our first Black president, President Barack Obama, was elected as president of the United States. Oh, yes, we could rejoice, but it was nothing like the feeling, I guarantee you, when everybody was feeling like they had been elected president, when they gathered all together. That old man who was beaten down with age And we're working from sunup to sundown and sometimes even after sundown on that old cane hopping and limping making our way to that old wooden church house. Can you imagine the field hands leaving from the slave quarters going to the old wooden church house, the mothers carrying their children in their arms, somebody carrying a loved one on their shoulders, making their way to the old wooden church house, and getting there and singing songs of joy with melody in their heart waiting for the stroke of midnight to come from africa to america that black experience this doesn't take anything away from other immigrants but we are the only group in america who experience what we experience, that is the pain of slavery. And as an institution of life, which is different from being an indentured servant, because number one, you're gaining a skill, you're learning a trade. And number two, it only lasts for a specific period of time. And you still had the freedom of movement, you still were able to enjoy the privileges of citizenship. But here is an entire group of millions of people, no other people in America other than the African has this experience And it is unique. It says to us that as a people, that God lives and God exists. We are the living witness and living example that there is a creator. When all us, others, and civilizations have vanished. Yet here in America, we have moved from being Africans and slaves and Negroes and colored and African-American and Afro-American and blacks, and yet we are still thriving. And so we have a reason to celebrate and at the stroke of midnight unfortunately unfortunately, i mean who can who who, who can be disappointed when you lost everything you've lost all connection with your ancestral roots for the most part 99.9 percent of us have lost that connection. And then on that great event of December 31st when all their families got together as they knew them. And when it happened we can see joy and jubilation all over the land and country. Yes, free at last, they could say, free at last. Thank God almighty, we are free at last. But my brothers and sisters, reality also had to set in. The reality of knowing that your way of life as you had previously known it would be changed forever. When they were obligated to go back to the slave quarters, they were no longer slaves. When they were tied to the land, they're no longer tied to the land. When they had to answer to the whip, to the slave master, and to his higher hands, no longer so. What are we going to do? Yes, we're free, but nobody has put any money in the bank for us. How are we gonna survive? How are we gonna live? How are we gonna take care of ourselves and our families? These were questions that were begging for answers that they did not have. That was not this all of a sudden, this magic moment of being transformed in a twinkling of an eye or snap of a finger and we're gonna have 40 acres and a mule. It didn't happen. But one thing that they did have when they were there at that old wooden church house, they had a belief that the God who freed them would be the same God who would sustain them. And that's why it's important. for us to understand why we must celebrate ourselves. I want to thank you for listening. And if you like this show, lend your support. I want to thank Dr. Bruce Smith, who produces this show. And I call him the Bishop of Broadcasting. A man with a great big heart who has allowed me to grow in this broadcasting industry along with him and his lovely wife. I wanna thank God for both of them. I wanna thank you for you. I wanna let you know that this is the first of four episodes on the black experience. We have achieved so much, we've done so many great things and we're gonna have other guests on our show. If you're on for the first time, thank you so very much. Thank you, Shanta. Thank you, Mr. Be Great. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Yes, times have changed, and I'm thankful to God that we are not where we used to be, but we cannot rest on our laurels because every day that we don't progress is the day we become behind. I thank God for the men and women who came before us and really, At this time, I was hoping that my guest would be on. He may not have gotten my email, that our time had changed. But if he's not able to be on this Saturday, then we certainly will get him on next Saturday. And we have some outstanding guests from education and from law and from other areas that have a wealth of knowledge. I want to thank God. I didn't know a lot about my family, but I have learned a lot from one of our cousins who lives in, at this time, Alexandria, Virginia, and has been doing a lot of research on our family. I want to share with you one of them and his name is Julius Caesar. The only thing that I knew was that my grandmother's name was Mary Eliza Caesar, and she married Willie Washington Adams. And there was a union between the Caesars and the Adams. But I wanna thank uh, my cousin, Sheila Adams Gardner for doing the research on the Caesar part of our family. And we came to know that Julius Caesar Julius Caesar was born in Virginia in 1844 and he lived to 1925. Julius Caesar had a son by the name of Arthur Caesar. And Arthur Caesar had a daughter by the name of Mary, Eliza Caesar, which was my grandmother. Julius Caesar was the father of Arthur. Arthur was the father of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Moses, who's my father. So Julius Caesar, grandmother, excuse me, grandfather of Mary Caesar, and the great grandfather of Moses and Willie. And all of Willie's seniors' children. And in the fourth generation came Lee and Ruth and Tom and Rose and Mose Jr. and Cornelius and Evelyn and Willie and Janice and Nita and Frieda twins, Dolores and Charles we became the fourth generation and great-great-grandchildren of Julius Caesar. After that came another generation of my children, of Tanya, of Carl, of Shanta, of Rhonda, of Kristen. And then their children, that they have to the fifth generation, great, great, great grandparent or grandfather of Carl and, and Runda and and the great, 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 great grandfather of Raven and Vashon and Dee. Even to the seventh generation of Raven's son, Zaylin. And so we can trace that generation side all the way back to Julius Caesar. And we found out through our cousin Sheila Adams Gardner that Julius Caesar fought in the American Civil War and his name is listed as a tribute to the 209,145 United States colored troops who fought during the American Civil War. This Julius Caesar, we are proud to be his great, 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 great grandchildren born and represented this country in its fight for its own survival. And so this nation owes a great deal of gratitude, not only for those who made this nation great through their sacrifices, of their hands and their labor, but also those who took up the call to arms when it was issued to them for the survival of this nation from a military standpoint. And I salute all veterans on today, past and present, those who even gave of themselves with the ultimate sacrifice from the Revolutionary War of a Christmas addict all the way through the Civil War, through World War One and World War Two, through the Korean conflict, such as our cousin, Clarence Adams, who was captured during the Korean conflict and was taken as a POW. And when he came to America, back to America, was not given a hero's welcome like so many others, but he spent years in captivity captured by the Red Chinese. And so not only through the Korean conflict, but the Vietnam conflict, and all of the other wars that have been fought that hadn't been declared to be wars, whether it's in Afghanistan or whether it's Saudi Arabia or any of the other Middle Eastern nations, whether it's down in South America and Panama and all other countries where our blood has been spilled to defend this nation. And I want to salute all the veterans on today. Regardless of what branch of service you were enlisted in, you have my deepest gratitude and my deepest thanks. Even if this nation doesn't recognize your service, we're all comrades and we're brethren fighting the same war and the same battle and those of you who are in the civilian army that you're still fighting day by day on your jobs, in your communities, in your churches, down in the trenches, I want to thank you on today. This is Crossroads, where North and South meets East and West. And we're talking about the Black experience from Africa to America. And it hasn't stopped in America, but the Black experience has also extended to outer space. And we want to thank those men and those women of color who have gotten in the rocket ships, the spaceships, and have traveled to outer space. Yes, we salute you as well, you space travelers. We thank you, because one thing we do know, that America has tried its best to keep us illiterate when there were laws and codes that were passed that prohibited us from being learners, we're now educators, we are now teaching, and we are now researching, we are now discovering, we are now inventing. And so during this time after the Civil War from 1864 and 65, 66, we have made this gigantic leap in technology. And we as a race, we who have been denied, we made a quantum leap because the Lord, our God, had placed this wisdom and knowledge within us. And it was only a matter of time before it came bursting out. And I wanna thank you. I wanna thank the men and women for all of what you have done to advance the cause of American civilization. Teach it to your children so that they will teach it to their children. The black experience. Delayed, but never can be denied. Because righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And as long as we maintain our trust and belief and integrity in the most high, he will carry us through the most difficult of circumstances including this corona pandemic i want to make it emphatically clear that we have had we have men and women who are great and outstanding medical researchers who are making breakthroughs and when we are given an opportunity we excel when we broke the color barrier in sports, we've excelled. And we give a shout out to our recently departed home run slugger and hitter, Mr. Hank Aaron, who was born in the South and who excelled. Men like Jackie Robinson in sports, Given an opportunity, excelled men like Joe Lewis and Cassius Clay, who's later known as Muhammad Ali. When given an opportunity, excelled men like off Ash, who met an untimely death because he was given blood-tainted AIDS transfusion, died from AIDS that was given to him, but he excelled when given an opportunity. Brilliant military men like the General Benjamin O. Davis, when given an opportunity excelled, and yet America has the audacity to deny us these educational opportunities, our foreparents, our grandparents and great-grandparents, who had to tend to the sheep, the cattle, the farm and most after proclamation emancipation proclamation could only spend just a few years getting a grade school education to learn how to read and write and yet america wants to judge us and evaluate us on standards of reading, writing, and arithmetic, language arts, mathematics, science, and technology. When for years, and decades and centuries, we were denied the opportunity to read and write. And now all of a sudden, we're supposed to be equal to those families and those children who have had this opportunity all of their lives. It's an unfair playing field. And to judge us based on some standardized, testing protocol in which what was being taught in the south was not the same thing that was been being taught in the north when we who in the south our society was based upon agriculture whereas in the north based upon industry but yet industry and agricultural families are supposed to be equal in their education but even when we were placed in schools but yet it took the 1954 supreme court decision argued by Thurgood Marshall and others to bring about a a lawsuit ending separate but equal. But yet it took decades, even in the North and even in the South, for the prevailing and ruling civil authorities to do the right thing. But we're going to talk about that in later episodes. And my guest not uh, made it. And one writer says, Proverbs twenty-two: When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And I want to believe this. That I, I I just believe this that there aren't a lot of happy people and joyful people in America and in the world right now. Things have changed and we've lost our joy. We don't fellowship. We don't visit. We're distant and aloof from each other. We're being taught not to shake hands, which has been always a custom of friendliness. We don't shake hands anymore. We're afraid we're gonna contract somebody else's germs or somebody else's virus. We stand six feet apart now. We can't. That's our social distancing. Now, no embracing. We can't do what Paul said, greet your brethren with a holy kiss. We can't do that anymore. And so we have become distant. And distance is now what they call the new norm. And if that's the new norm, I'm afraid. That's not normal. It may be new, but it's not normal. And so what are we to do? What did those free slaves do? They trusted in God. And we have got to get back to our roots of trusting in God. Not in modern science, which is real good. No doubt about it. It has done some great things. Polio used to be a debilitating disease. And my youth has more or less been eradicated. The Salk vaccine. Modern medicine and science have done great and marvelous things to improve our physical health. But it has not done much for our spiritual well-being. Because when we start trusting more in medicines and in vaccines and in physicians than in the power of God, I certainly thank you. This is crossroads, where north and south meets east and west. And we're at a crossroads. we need peace we need peace in our homes and families we need peace in our communities and neighborhoods the back the black experience has taught us many things it's been a great guidepost for us it has taught us the depravity of the human soul to Lord one people or one race or one group over another. And white America owes the black church a deep a deep a deep, I'm telling you debt of gratitude. Because I'm not so sure that if the tables were turned the other way, if situations and circumstances were completely opposite, I don't know if white America would be as accommodating as many of us who are black are in America. It is only because of the love of God in our hearts that says, love your enemies and your neighbor as yourself. And it's upon these principles of love that has allowed us to be forgiving. But yet there is a faction of us, in you know, the black community, who have not forgotten. But by the same token, there's a faction in the white community that is still carrying on the attitude of their ancestors to believe in a racial superiority. And there is no way that anyone who is Bible-believing and God-fearing can't omit the fact that the word of God said that out of one blood, God had made us all. And when we hate one another, we cannot say that we are of God. And Jesus himself said, by this, all men will know that you are the children of the Most High and you are my disciples, you are my followers, you are my learners when you have loved one unto the other. And the black experience from Africa to America has taught us as a people that if we're going to succeed if we're going to move forward in this world, that we need to cooperate and we need to work one with the other. Because one thing we do know, there's another enemy on the other side of the world, several enemies, as a matter of fact, whose populations are greater than ours, some by the billions, and who would jump at the chance to expand their territories to this nation. And so we ought to thank God that there is not an insurrection brewing among those who were brought to this country as slaves. And I believe that America must not only recognize the contributions of the black population in February because black history is every day. And either we're going to tell our story our way, or have somebody else tell our story his way. And I would much rather us to tell our own story, no matter how good, no matter how bad, or no matter how ugly it is. Because love hides a multitude of faults, And so we're celebrating and commemorating And we're observating on the men and women who have left their homeland in Africa, not of their own accord. And I know that there are some that will say, well, you know, your own people sold you into slavery. And I will say to you, we've had differences in our tribals but nobody sent us to Europe. We weren't exported to Europe, to Asia, or to other continents as slaves. But when you have the boom boom stick then it's easy to coerce people and to go out and conquer for you for fear of reprisal. But when you are under the threat of domination, you do things that you ordinarily would not do. And they didn't do it because they hated us. They did it because of a matter of choice. And so my brothers and sisters, we are here. We are here. We are here. And America has to deal with the problem that it created. And it's not through testing us and studying us and analyzing us, but it is incumbent upon America to do all that America can do to uplift us, to help us to be all that we can be. Because if we can achieve under the worst of circumstances, Oh, what would America look like if we can achieve under the best of circumstances? And perhaps therein lies one of the reasons why there is so much discrimination in America. It may be because of the idea that if we do so much to help them, their potential is unlimited. And if we can get to the moon, but if we can launch men into space and if we give them the opportunity, they'll go beyond the stars and they'll go where no man has ever gone before. And I think it is out of fear that many in government and in politics have that we must not allow them that opportunity. And so we'll debate and we'll filibuster and we'll even divert their attention through drugs and through alcohol and through the American justice system. to prevent them from achieving. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today, the sky is the limit. And as far as there is can be taken through this universe, I want to let you know, you can achieve and you can get there but we can't do it by ourselves. We need each other and most of all, we need our Lord, we need our maker, we need our creator and we need our heavenly father. And as long as they are in the equation of our lives, we'll always be able to celebrate and to commemorate who we are as a people. And one thing I do know before I leave leave this podcast, I wanna let you know that you are somebody. And the reason I know you're somebody is because God made you. And when God makes something, he makes it to be the best that it can be. And he never, makes any junk. This is Crossroads, where North and South meets East and West, where men and women discuss contemporary topics of interest. And I want to thank you so very much. God has an interest in you, and so do I. And on behalf of the podcast team, Dr. Bruce Smith, And BVS Gospel Net and Crossroads be blessed and to be a blessing to someone else. Until next Saturday, we look to hear you and see you on another Crossroads podcast. God bless you and God keep you.